Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and services. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! So good to see you back here, Mark Bickley, in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's the first time that you haven't had Elliot or Jack behind you. Because you're in a studio. How does it feel to be back, mate? What did you miss most about me? Um, Mm. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the next thing. (laughs) It's heaps of things. Yeah. You making me coffee. um, Yep. Did that Barocca? Yeah. You bringing stuff in for us. Yeah. I missed a lot of that. There's a fair walk from Studio Lumo A to Studio Lumo B, isn't there? We're in the B studio today. Yeah. Across the road, go up the lifts. Anyway, that's fine. It's nice, though. You get to have a walk around the uh, SENSA offices. You get to meet everybody, and it's wonderful to be over at this side. It's an interesting setup. We had a big show today. Um, Clayton Oliver was the big talking point. We spoke to Tom Morris, who's very good at what he does. He is. He's been excellent for us this week. I'm going to chat to him. You learned what caveat emptor is. I still don't really know what it is, but you said it a few times. Hmm. It's just if there's if there's a is caveat emptor the long version of I'll put a caveat on that. Well, caveat is a set of conditions. Right. Emptor. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I had I had the meaning out before, mm. <clears throat> and it did explain it. So, um, I'll I'll have another look. Okay, you go for it. You go for it. You keep talking amongst yourself. Uh, Nathan Cosmina joined us from Adelaide United, and we spoke to Barat Sundarason about the uh, Cricket World Cup. So it was a big show today, and we introduced a brand new segment, and it's called Captain's Call. Captain Call is a hero. His name's Mark Bickley, he's my friend, a fun never ends. He doesn't use a pencil anymore, he uses a big pen. Sorry. <laughs> caveat emptor. Uh, caveat emptor is Latin for let the buyer beware. So, um, yeah, there you go. It doesn't actually break it down what the caveat stands for. <laughs> It's, it's similar to uh, modus operandi. Mm, okay. It's one of those terms that we that we use the, the sort of Latin background for. His name's my Bickley, he's my friend, he used to play football. I want to go and hold his hand and walk through Rundle Mall. Dun, dun. <laughs> You should be a rapper. Yeah, I'm not bad with that stuff, hey? Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, Okay, so it was a big show. You need to get out of here, but have a listen to it. Um, Now, if this is the first time you listen to the podcast, we've really sold the show well. Um, We give stuff away Mm. every day. Signet Boost Power Banks. We had golf box prizes today. We've got the Archie's footwear. We've got lots of stuff. So send us in a text. Call us up. Hit us up on socials. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, And we have lots of fun in here as well. So we appreciate you being involved. I reckon you, Bix, should say, here's the podcast. Here's the podcast. 
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! And good morning to you on this Thursday, the 5th of October. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And it's wonderful to look across the desk this morning and to see the beautiful face of Mark Bickley, <laughs> who has made it back safely from Victoria. Bix, welcome. How are you? Yes, good morning to you, Jared, and to everyone that's tuning in on another brisk morning. I thought I'd come back from Melbourne where it's quite cool and it'd be sunny or balmy, but it's certainly not that here this morning. Uh, I'm very well, thank you, by the way. Got home safely, which was the most important thing. And what time did you make it back into South Australia yesterday? Uh, around 6.30 p.m. Oh, it's a long drive. Um, mm. Any particular stops? I was waiting by my phone yesterday to get an image of you going down the slide at nil, but I also knew that you're full of false promises, so it probably wasn't well, going there's, to happen. There's a couple of things. One, there was a discussion around the Wimmera Bakery, yes. getting a pasty from there, the best pasty in country Victoria. Mm-hmm. Well, when I plugged it into my maps, because I was going to do that, it's it's an hour out of my way, so it was an hour out out of the way, like, and then an hour back to, to get, in between Neil and Horsham, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So that was that was off the table, and then as I went through Neil, this have you seen the slide? Yeah, I've gone down the slide numerous times. Yeah, it, it's 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 not that big, you know. Yeah. Like, well, it was when I was a child. <laughs> exactly. So it wouldn't have looked all that impressive. So I drove past it. I thought about it for a millisecond. and Couldn't then have I, stopped to take a photo? No. no. Just Disappointing. We'd already, yeah, we'd already stopped just prior to that. Okay. and uh, So anyway, so I, I, I discarded that. Did you have a nap on the way or did you drive the whole way? Are you one of those no. control freaks that needs to drive the whole way? What I thought, I started driving while mm-hmm. I was up and about. Yep. And then I had a break after about two hours. Okay. And had a little uh, a power nap. Yep. For about 20 minutes. And then Tori drove for probably the next three hours or so then we swapped over again so how the boys go did they sleep in the car <laughs> um no i don't think they did okay we, we spent a fair bit of time my oldest son is a bit of a footy nut so we spent a fair bit of time listening to trade radio yes took in uh jj and phil davis so a definite distinct crow's flavor on the uh the late trade with damien barrett as well they spoke a lot about um uh, clayton oliver the story was evolving uh, so to speak, throughout the afternoon. And um, he really enjoyed Phil Davis. He did a deep dive on a couple of the teams and some of their key position players. He's, um, he's quite a talented man, Phil, isn't he? We will hear uh, a lot more about this Clayton Oliver thing this morning. Mm. If you have any thoughts on that, you can send us a text, 0427154166. We're here thanks to Tire Power. The great race sale is now on. We were just having a little bit of a chuckle there because we heard in the news that, was it Harris Andrews picked up the uh, Brisbane's best and fairest? So the Brownlow medalists didn't even win their club best and fairest, no. Lockie Neal. Well, he ran second. And um, isn't it interesting, the difference between... The Brownlow Medal or uh, the Media Awards versus the Club Awards. So Harris Andrew, I'm not sure how many Brownlow votes he polled, but he wouldn't have been in the top 30. Uh, and yet he comes in, the Club Best and Ferris, he comes in in front of the Brownlow Medalist. So yeah, once again, there's there's certain things that coaches look for and value and stopping the opposition's best defender or best forward or 
intercepting, coming off your man, and intercepting and setting up uh, counterattacks is something that the coaches rate very highly, clearly. Uh, but maybe that nuance is missed by some of the umpires. It's pretty big for him. So Lockie Neal did come second. He only came second by one vote. Mm. So it was close enough. And then Hugh McCluggage finishing third on 59. But if you have a look at um, Harris Andrews in his season, he took the second most intercept marks in the AFL this season. More spoils than any other player. Tenth in contested marking. But this is the funny one. It's the first time anyone not named Neal or Dane Zorko has won the award since 2015. <laughs> Wow. So it's either gone Lockie Neal or Dane Zorko. So it's it's not too bad for uh, Harris Andrews to do that. Um, yeah. So to see though, I mean, it'd be bittersweet, wouldn't it? You go and receive the best and fairest, and at that's you haven't experienced a losing grand final before. But mm. at, at this point, have the players come to terms with what happened, or are they still burning away? No. Look, I think they have. I, th- I think the the first. <clears throat> hours afterwards are the ones um, you did see some footage of them later that night I think it winds down a bit I remember going to the um, the after party's not the right word but the after match function after 2017 and the players I reckon I left around 11 o'clock and they were just starting to to loosen up but before that they yeah. were just sort of morbid so it, it takes some time but eventually the um, <laughs> you get a moment to look back and reflect and say a lot of stuff has to go right to make the grand final. A lot of stuff has to go right to be in it right up until the end. And there's not that much difference. This is the, this is the crazy part about this. The, the, um, the polarizing, you know, emotions between winning and losing. And it really was under a kick, you know, and the bounce of a ball Mm. or the, the, the you know the, the blow of a whistle on the decision or or a fifty or not a fifty or an advantage or not an advantage. There's a whole range of little moments, and that's I guess what Craig McRae talked about. They manage those moments better than any other team. Uh, Mourn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. A huge thanks to them for looking after us all year on SENSA. We have a big lineup of guests today. So we are going to speak to Tom Morris. Uh, we need to really look closely at this Clayton Oliver thing. We're going to do that at 7 o'clock this morning with Elephant in the Room. So if you have any thoughts on potentially Clayton Oliver moving to Adelaide, if reports are to be believed, and this definitely grew legs over the past 24 hours, um, your thoughts, you can text to 0427 one five four one double six. Yeah, and part of the reason was one, obviously, that if you just looked in isolation, what we see on the field and what his output has been over the last six years, which has included four best and fairest and and multiple All Australians, he's exactly the type of player that Adelaide need. He's a big bodied mid who wins it, feeds it out. He can burst out of stoppage. He's not perfect by foot, but. Not everyone is, uh, but he would be ideal, an ideal foil for someone like a Dawson and, and others, particularly some of those young players like uh, Saligo and Rochelle that are sort of coming through mm. the system. But then there's the other stuff, uh, and, and it continually is coming up around his unprofessionalism with his rehab and, and some of those things. So this is so much about doing your due diligence and understanding what you are getting yourself in for and... Is that sort of a minor thing that can be turned around or is that something that is, uh, you know, a major thing that is that really worries you? I think the big thing would be the relationship that um, that Clayton Oliver has with Darren Burgess. I think that'll be pivotal 
Mm. The fact that he's worked with him for a number of years. So there's a whole range of discussions around the way he prepares himself and the professionalism. There's wasn't happy with the staff and the rehab that he did with his hamstring injury that lingered on for a long time. So I think they'll be leaning fairly heavily on that relationship to try and get an understanding of where Clayton's at and what he's looking for in terms of uh, his footy and what he wants to get out of it. Because remember, you're signing on for seven years yep. at a million dollars a year. Big that's money. A, that's a big commitment. Dracos sent us a text, 0427 Someone posted to Clayton Oliver on Facebook Marketplace if the Crows want to pick him up cheap. <laughs> and we also had a bit of feedback from Callum, who every day this week has been instrumental in providing support uh, to my late lemon tree valet mm. that went down on Monday night oh, after storm. the horrific storm that lasted about 10 minutes, the the breeze, and uh, we removed everything yesterday, so it's all gone. We've replaced the, the patch of grass. Um, it's quite emotional. So you were, you're sans lemon tree now, are you? Yeah, um, and Callum has suggested a grapevine could be an appropriate replacement for a lemon tree. That'd be quite nice. I could have my own winery in my front yard. Yeah, Um would you put up at like a trellis or something across the front and maybe have a whole row of them or just one vine? Just one, I think. Winding along the I'd fence. call it Ollie, Ollie Vines. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think you'd be familiar with a grapevine. I can see you maybe in a leotard, maybe back in the days when aerobics was big, you would have done the grapevine, wouldn't you? It'd be a hideous sight <laughs> for my neighbours in Semaphore walking past a 39-year-old bald man. Um, with a headband, perhaps? With a headband and a really tight, leotard it's it's something you don't want to see um also this morning we are going to catch up with bar rights under racing with the icc men's we cricket world cup commencing it starts tonight uh, zoe prowse from the aflw huge the cr- game crows are taking on melbourne in uh, a, a battle of the undefeated teams mm. and adelaide united's nathan cosmina will join us at eight o'clock this morning there's a lot to ask so adelaide united tonight have their members forum at Club United at Hindmarsh mm-hmm. Stadium. I'll be there. and How's that going to go? Yeah, I'm a bit nervous, to be honest. I'm yeah. a little bit nervous about this because the members get to ask anything. So on the stage will be uh, Ned, the uh, Ned Morris, who is the chair. Nathan Cosmina will be there. New captain Ryan Kiddo will be there. Izzy Hodgson, captain of the women's team. Mm. And the members get to ask whatever they like. Open forum. So there'll be some passionate members there, no doubt. Mm. What do you think the first question's going to be asked? Why isn't Craig Goodwin still with us? Craig today? Goodwin has played three games for his Saudi side and he scored three goals as well. Oh, goodness Just man. to make it a little bit more salty. So um, that should be very interesting. It is great to see you here, Mark Bickley, as it always is in Studio Lumo. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. A Thursday is a great day because on a Thursday, Bix, alongside Golf Box, it's hole-in-one Thursday. Golf Box is home of the biggest range of golf's best brands, we want someone to score a hole-in-one. Yeah. And the way we're doing this this morning is your hole-in-one is the first caller of the day. So if you are the first caller of the day, you need to ace it this morning <laughs> and call us right now. Hello. Hello. So the first caller of the day today will get this amazing prize. We are talking a tailor-made cap divot toolbox of TP5 golf balls with the sun shining across the weekend. It's a perfect time to head out, play some golf. Call us right now, one 736 736 You can say whatever you like. You can give your thoughts on potentially a move of Clayton Oliver to the Adelaide Football Club. It could be your thoughts on Aaron Norton's 15-year deal at the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> 
it's um, that's something we've got to discuss too. Yeah, he's got an eight-year deal extension, so it's gone to twenty thirty-two. That's going to be after the Brisbane Olympics. <laughs> it's just, How it, funny is that? It so it's crazy. And also, Marcus Bontempelli uh, took out his fifth. Uh, best and fairest. What a performer he has been. Call us right now and we'll have a chat to you after this. It's 13 minutes past six on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 18 minutes past six on this Thursday morning going for a top of 18 degrees today. Thanks to Tire Power, their great race sale is now on. Not too far away. Tom Morris is going to join us to give us all the trade news. At 7 o'clock this morning, you do not want to miss Elephant in the Room where we have to have a good chat about the potential of Clayton Oliver joining the Adelaide Football Club. It actually leads us into our first call of the day. Hello. Now, Bix, our first caller of the day today will pick up this amazing golf box prize. Tailor-made cap, divot tool, box of TP5 golf balls. Golf Box Australia's greatest golf superstore. Their best brands in the biggest range. Shop at golfbox.com.au today. Yes, and Daniel from Queenstown joins us. Daniel, the mic is yours. Morning, Bix. I'm actually on the road, just on Flopal Road, driving to your old hometown, Port Perry, this morning. Oh, the city of friendly people. Well, I say no use here. I can get looked after while I'm there. Um, what I'm calling about is Clayton Oliver. The Crows have to go all out. Do your due diligence, but that they have to pay up and pay a million dollars a year. Give Melbourne what they want. If it's going to be two, two first rounders, McCutton and a second rounder, do it. Because watching the Crows this year, when teams had run-ons. It was just coming out of the centre square over and over and over and over again. You got Oliver, that doesn't happen. Crows probably win an extra four games this year. Yeah. Four or five games. So they're, they're an instant premiership hope next year if they can get Curry Oliver in. Mm. It, it, it all comes down, there's two big points, isn't there? And you mentioned the first one, which is your due diligence. Uh, that has to be has to be correct because there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk, and, and you know, yesterday there was discussions around he's unprofessional, his uh, teammates said he wasn't committed, so there's that part of it. The second part is what you have to give up, and you mentioned two first-round draft picks. Two first-round draft picks is interesting because Adelaide's first pick is nine, but if you go, say, a future first round for next year, if Adelaide improve, a future first round for next year might be 13 or 14. And I'm just not sure 9, 14 and McAdam is going to get it done. I think what what um, Melbourne are envision, envisioning is two picks inside the top 10 that they might be able to bundle up to get pick one off of West Coast to replace him with Harley Reid. So there's that part of it. Or they might say, we want a first round draft pick. But guess what? We're in the window we need a forward. We want Darcy Fogarty, Riley Thilthorpe. What does that look like for Adelaide? And when people say we want to be ruthless, how ruthless can you be or do you want to be? So they're some of the questions that I think may get asked of the Adelaide Football Club. It's going to be interesting to see where that lands. Yeah, I'm, I'm not giving up Phil Thorpe or Foggy. I'd say you've got to get him. 
but I'm not giving up one of those two. Or they'll probably ask for a Shelly as well. I'm not giving up him. <laughs> so it's hard, isn't it? You want something good, you've got to give yeah. something good. And, um, well, you never know. They might get them on a really good day and they might say, you know what, we'll do the swap for Shane McAdam. That's fine. <laughs> Buyer beware. If that was the case. I'm <laughs> anyway, hey, love your call, Daniel. Thanks very much and enjoy Paul Piri. Cheers, guys. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening and contributing as well, Daniel. You've got that golf box prize. We're here thanks to More Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. We've got plenty more to talk about in regards to uh, the potential of Clayton Oliver moving to Adelaide. I mean, even just saying it sounds strange. Yesterday, we were talking about the discussion of it, but then as, as this is what happens when it comes to trade period, which hasn't even started yet. Mm. Um, the, the rumours start circulating. Rocco says, don't be surprised to see... Rory Laird, Jordan Dawson and Darren Burgess doorstopped at Adelaide Airport on the way to Melbourne today. So that should be very interesting as well. Um, and Daniel says, Operation Get Clary at the Adelaide Football Club. Things are moving very fast. The only person that doesn't want Oliver would be Matt Crouch. That is like, I didn't even think about that. Like, imagine that. Adelaide have just signed Matt Crouch for two years on the back of what he did in the last mm. six games. And he probably is the player that, gets squeezed, isn't it, really? Imagine that conversation. So, Matt, um, mm. did you enjoy the sandfall last year? <laughs> um, oh, no. Uh, oh. Look, keep calling us. Our number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 It's 23 past six. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past six on this Thursday morning. Good morning to you. Studio Lumo is where we are, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley is back from Holiday Road. His uh, wonderful road trip with the family. <laughs> His, uh, the Griswolds are back from their grand final vacation. We have a big show coming up. Before 7 o'clock, we're not only going to chat with Zoe Prowse from the Adelaide Football Club, but also Barat Sunder Racing in preparation for the Cricket World Cup, which starts tonight. Uh, before we head to the news, Mark Bickley. Put your socks up! I don't cry no more. I'm good. I swear I put my socks up. All Day Comfort, All Day Socks by Underworks. Who's our nomination who has to pull up their socks yeah, well, this week? I'm, I'm not sure who this is actually directed at, but it's really a suggestion that, um, and this is happening in the English Premier League right at the moment. This is on the back of a poor decision with the VAR, human error, where a goal wasn't reviewed, an offside call wasn't reviewed, that was actually onside, that cost... Liverpool a goal. It was nil all at the time. Liverpool went on to lose the match. The suggestion Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz was the goal scorer. Luis Diaz was the scorer. The suggestion is we should play the game again. Now, that is, uh, I think, a poor decision because what's happening now all over X or Twitter, uh, other fans of other clubs, I saw one this morning with my club, West Ham, against one of their games where a penalty wasn't paid. They said, hey, what about this against Man City? couple of weeks ago, should we play this game again because you got that call wrong? And you just can't go back and change everything and play a game again on the back of one call being wrong. Move on. We should go back through the AFL season and have a look at games that should be replayed because of umpiring decisions. And we'll Mm. play the whole game a couple of years ago. I think we should replay the game where Josh Jenkins was given a goal in a showdown, I think. No, that was uh, against Collingwood. 
Oh, was it against Collingwood? Well, there was a goal after the siren against Collingwood. There's a goal in the showdown where it maybe hit the post. Yes. Maybe, and maybe not. Yep, so we should replay that game. Have a listen to the audio from the VAR. What? On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this Never image? Yes, yeah, onside. The image we gave you is onside. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside. Delay, delay, delay. No, Ollie's saying to delay. Ollie's saying to delay. Pardon? Ollie's calling in to say delay the game. To to complete the decision yeah. is offside. That's it, that just sounds like no clarity and a big cluster of communication. I don't even know what was going on. All I heard was. Clary or whoever it was. I think Ollie said just delay. Ollie, Ollie said delay the game. That, that would have been the right call. They could have then taken their time yeah. to look at it all and then gone back and said, no, actually, the call was wrong. It's a goal. Um, There's a lot of socks that need pulling up there. Jurgen Klopp, pull your socks up. We can't replay the game. VAR, pull your socks up. Mm. And the good news is that Ange got the win. Oh, that's <laughs> exactly. all right. So, yeah. Everything's coming up roses for Ange. Yeah. Even... The VAR's on his side. Yeah, we're we very happy. Everybody good. loves Ange. Uh, everyday style, all day socks by Underworks. Fonzie's even giving him a call out. I Henry, saw that. Henry Winkler. That was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, I feel for Fonzie because he's aged quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's still... I was just, just waiting for him to say, hey, <laughs> put his thumb up. I think Fonzie's now jumped the shark. <laughs> it is 28 to 7 on SCNSA. Good morning. Local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 minutes to 7 on this lovely Thursday morning going for 18 degrees today. Tom Morris joining us at 7.30. He'll bring us up to speed with the talk around Clayton Oliver joining the Adelaide Football Club and it's going to feature heavily in our Elephant in the Room 2. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Bix, before our sports update, um, did you want an On This Day in Sport? Yes, please. We do this thanks to Burbank Homes, inspiring designs and personal service. On This Day in Sport, it's quite fitting as well. In 2004, seven-time All-Star and six-time NBA champion forward Scotty Pippen announced his retirement from the NBA and the Chicago Bulls. Have a listen. I knew that one day this day would come. Uh, it's a tough day for me, but I also understand that the game of basketball has been so great for me for so long. And uh, I just want to thank all the fans, the people from Chicago, everyone who's been very supportive of me and my family. Uh, it's been a wonderful career. And uh, I just want to thank you all for it. Quite, quite fitting because he was on the big junket here over the weekend. He was. Representing the NBL, which had its highest opening round attendance this weekend, the NBL. So maybe Scotty Pippen had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, clearly. There's a lot of stuff that was off limits, though. I was led to believe Mark Bickley when it comes to interviewing Scotty Pippen. Well, what were you allowed to ask? Do not talk about Michael Jordan. Well, that takes a fair bit do of Do not talk about the last dance. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're up to speed with... What's going on in the life of Scottie Pippen? No. Um, from what a lot of people have been led to believe, Michael Jordan's son mm-hmm. is alleged to be dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Son, ex-wife. Mm. Okay. There you go. So, just talk about basketball. Hey, and... Love is ageless. Oh, that should be on a greeting card or a t-shirt. Um, the other thing about Scotty Pippen, though, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because everybody says he just lived in the limelight of Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen, very, very 
talented basketballer. Mm. And his voice sounds a lot like mine at the moment, I think. A bit croaky. Very croaky. Um, so there's your On This Day in Sport, Burbank Homes Inspiring Designs and Personal Service. Jimmy Butler, we found out too yesterday. You know, the Chicago, um, sorry, former Chicago Jimmy Butler now is at the Miami Heat. He had his mm. hair all down, a bit emo style. Yeah. He did it just look, for banter. He, like it was straightened. Yeah, he fixed it back up the day after media day. It was literally just for the photo. Good on him. Bit of fun. Give us a sports update, my friend. Right, let's start with the cricket at Karen Rolton Oval. <laughs> South Australia is in the mire against Tasmania, despite paceman Jordan Buckingham taking a career best seven wicket haul on day two of their Shield match against Tassie. Uh, the Tasmanians posted 381. They were all out. Now, that was a great fight back because at one stage they were one for 220. Buckingham, I think they got the last five wickets of the innings and uh, they end up uh, five for 67 in that sort of last bit of play. But unfortunately, South Australia's top order crashed to three for 47 at stump, still trailing by 27 runs. At one stage, they were three for 10. Mm. So um, McSweeney and Lehman at the crease. So this is going to be an interesting day for South Australia. They need to post some sort of total that they can try and um, defend, I guess, uh, in what's going to be a result by the look of this game. Can you quickly tell us about Aaron Norton's contract, please? Um, our sports update here is thanks to Exerbia, South Australia's premier outdoor retailer. Aaron Norton, we found out waking up this morning, has a very, very big contract extension to the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, he signed the longest current contract in the AFL after recommitting to the Bulldogs to the end of 2032. With a year still to run on his contract, Norton has extended his time at Whitnoble for another eight seasons. So the, the contract now edges out the mammoth deal given to Sydney defender Nick Blakey, which goes to the end of 2031, and Melbourne midfielder, or you know, still Melbourne midfielder, Clayton Oliver, which goes to the end of 2030. So there you go. All right, we've got a text coming in on uh, our number, which is 0427-154-166. Pete from Mandura. Did you want to read that one out before we head to Zoe Prowse? Yes, he says, uh, Hey lads, have we heard anything about who we, which is Port Adelaide, are going to replace Nathan Bassett with? Now, it's still been crickets at this stage, hasn't it? Mm. It's all been very quiet. I haven't heard much from Nathan Bassett or where his future may lie or who might be a replacement there and whether it's going to be someone from interstate or whether it might be someone locally. Hmm. That's going to be very interesting. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166. Bix, it's a clash of the Titans this weekend as the two undefeated teams go head-to-head. The Adelaide Football Club taking on the Ds. This is going to be huge, and we are very fortunate to be speaking with one of Adelaide's best last weekend. Zoe Prowse, good morning to you, Zoe. Uh, it's an exciting matchup with the two undefeated teams uh, preparing to take battle. It's very exciting. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, Zoe, um, last week and uh, and previous weeks, you, you're actually scoring a lot more than what you have uh, than any other year, I suspect. Particularly, you look at the Giants, you kicked 106 points, you kicked uh, 81 yeah. points against the Bombers, and then another seven goals last week. Is that something you've worked on over the preseason? Um, for sure it is. We yeah have put a lot of work into kind of changing our game up a little bit um, and moving the ball a, uh, a bit faster than we have previously. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, the forwards have been working extremely hard. Um, and, yeah, their hard work is showing is showing, and um, we're getting the rewards for it. So, yeah, definitely something we've been working really hard on um, and it's glad to see that it's, that it's paying off. Well, just have a look through the best players so far in the first five games. It looks as if the side's a bit more... 
uh, evenly balanced this year. You know, you've, it, there has been in previous years of a real reliability on Ann Hatchard and and, uh, Ed Marinoff and others, but it seems like the load's been spread a bit more evenly this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, That also just comes back to the hard work that we put in um, in the pre-season and even the pre-pre-season. And yeah, this year we're just lucky that we had the um, longer pre-season, whereas last year we had, you know, the two years in one, which made it a little bit harder Mm. and a few bodies were a bit towards the end. Um, but yeah, this year we've um, yeah been lucky to have a pretty good, well, a pretty amazing preseason, um, which is yeah definitely affecting how we're playing this at the moment and where we're playing together as you know as um, as one as a team, um, and yeah, we're all working off each other. Is a bit of a challenge, Zoe, with a handful of new teams in the competition this season. You can see that with the results, uh, the teams that have been together for a while under systems that have had some continuity. And then you come up against teams like Melbourne this weekend that have been in the competition for a long time and have won a premiership. Um, you, you have to still have that same mentality no matter who you're playing against? Yeah, definitely. Um, we can't, you know, the new teams are um, getting better and better each week, so... Um, each weekend for us, this is the same. Go out and do what we want to do, play our game. Um, and that should be good enough to beat whoever we're versing. Um, obviously, this weekend will be a pretty exciting game. Um, so, yeah, we're just excited to get out there and face the challenge that is in front of us. Um, tell us about your travelling routine because um, it's it's a bit of a, a smash and grab, isn't it? Like you're playing at Casey Fields this week. You're travelling over yeah. on the morning of or are you going the night before? How's it all work? Um, so this week we're going the night before. Um, so all the travel this year, we've been lucky enough to be able to go the night before and um, not have to worry about yeah, the travel in the morning, which makes it a little bit harder. Um, mm. So yeah, travel the night before play the next day and then typically we come home straight after the game um but this weekend as it's in casey fields which is a little bit further away um we're staying the extra night and come home on sunday morning defensively as a team um for for you guys um uh, what i've noticed you've been able to step up and elevate your role this year which is a really good um sign of a cohesive unit um and some of those statistics coming through as well with um defensively the crows yet to concede more than two goals to a single player this season um how important is that collective and from your mentality under doc is it defense is the most important part of setting up a victory um, well, at the moment, definitely, we have been uh, working on it as not just as defenders, but the whole team. Um, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is our pressure. Um, so with that comes a lot of de- a lot of defense. But um, the defense this year is a pretty young group of girls. Um, so we're all just developing as players together and trying to work through that and understand each other and how we play fully. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the things that we're focusing on this year. Yeah, and of course, all all um, that in the absence of Sarah Allen as well. Yeah, yeah. We've missed her for um, the first uh, five games or so, um, and she's still a couple of weeks off. But um, we're prepared. We're prepared for when she comes yeah. in or whatever happens, really. Mm. Well, Zoe, we wish you all the best. Uh, it's a massive game, 2.35. Uh, it's going to be kicking off at Casey Field, so you're away. Five wins, zero losses for you. Five wins, zero losses for Melbourne. They are becoming a bit of an arch rival. You've had a, a rich history of uh, games against them, so we wish you all the best on the yeah. weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it.
appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Zoe Prowse joining us in Bix. Although she's largely flown under the radar this year, she's going to be one of the most important crows on Saturday afternoon. And it's one more opportunity and challenge that she has the ability to rise to. So um, looking forward to seeing how Adelaide goes on the weekend. Our guest, Zoe Prowse. And Mount Parker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Nine minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. We'll continue to keep you up to date with the AFL news. Some more news with Tom Morris at 7.30, thanks to Exerbia, South Australia's premier outdoor retailer. Before we check in with Barat Sundarason uh, on the day of the commencement of the ICC Cricket World Cup. Bix, we've got a text coming in. Yes, just uh, straightening you up a little bit, saying there were no new teams coming in this season. That was last season. Yeah, important to be straightened up with that. What I meant was, I think, because the Crows have been established for so long, a lot of these mm. new teams are finding their feet. We saw with Port Adelaide last season, um, they struggled to get a score on the board, let alone win games. And some of those other teams like Essendon and the Suns there, they've got a, a real challenger they're up mm. against. Suns have been in for a little while, haven't they? They're one of the the first teams in? Yeah, but I find there's a massive difference between the haves and the have-nots when yeah, it comes to no the doubt. AFLW. Um, so if you want to send us a text, how do they do it? Yes, 0427-154-166. Bix, the warmer weather means the summer of cricket has commenced and we are looking forward to the ICC Men's World Cup. And to give us all the hype and info, we are blessed to be joined by Barat Sundarason. Good morning to you, Barat. The Aussies have a game over the weekend that we're looking forward to, but it all kicks off tonight. It certainly does. Uh, New Zealand and England uh, will try and find out who the winners were uh, of the 2019 World Cup final. I don't know whether you guys have heard about it or not. No, I just made that up. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> because the debate still rages on, right? Did England actually win the World Cup last time or were they just gifted the trophy? Uh, and it depends on uh, you know which side of the, uh, the coin you sit on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, uh, Four years on, uh, a lot of players are returning from that World Cup final at Lords, uh, but it'll be quite quite uh, the event, you know, in the biggest cricket stadium in the world. Um, 134,000 people, they say. Uh, we'll see how many actually show up. Uh, no, it's, it, it is a sellout, is what we're hearing, and it will be quite a spectacle. I mean, it is a World Cup, it is India, and it is cricket. There's a lot of interest into the makeup of the Australian team, even a couple of days prior with um, a South Australian connection in question marks over Travis Head. There were question marks over Marnus Labuschagne. Um, but there's also question marks over the form of the Aussies going into the tournament. Um, how do you see them faring? It's interesting. Right? They've been on the road for so long, starting with that South Africa tour and the India ODIs and these two warm-up games, that they've had enough time to uh, get into form, lose form, and then regain form, <laughs> uh, at least some of them. Uh, and I, I think, though, um, I was in Hyderabad a couple of nights ago for the... Uh, I mean, what start, started off as a warm-up match against Pakistan and then ended up being a game where David Warner and Steve Smith were bowling together. So I'm not sure whether it constituted even as a warm-up game then, but um, a warm-up for a warm-up. But I think there were some takeaways from that game uh, in terms of how I can't see them really going forward without Manas in the in the playing eleven. Just the way he's been batting since he's returned to the one-day side, uh, and he did bowl um, eight overs of leggies. Uh, well, some of them he just tossed up, but uh, you know, even if you get two overs out of Manas, uh, I think that's a big, uh, big. Uh, 
uh, benefit if it's needed. But Mitchell Marsh bowling uh, five or six overs was a very positive sign. He hasn't bowled for a while. Um, and I, it, the way I see it, guys, I almost feel like it's really a question mark about uh, which of the two um, big muscular all-rounders in Marcus Stoinis or Cameron Green uh, gets the nod because the rest of the team slowly but surely seems to be taking shape. Hmm. Barat, uh, give us your opinion. What's Australia's real strength going into this tournament and what's the area that worries you the most? Um, I think the strength is just the experience of the side. I mean, you look at the number of guys in this uh, uh, playing 11 or the squad who are playing in their third or fourth World Cup. I mean, Steve Smith uh, was around in the last time a 50-over World Cup, men's World Cup, was held in India in 2011. Uh, and we have nine uh, members of the squad returning from 2019. So uh, they know what it is to win big titles. They won the T20 World Cup just two years ago. A lot of these guys were playing in that tournament. And I guess just what Glenn Maxwell said after that Pakistan game two nights ago about how India isn't foreign to them anymore. A lot of them spend uh, a minimum of three months every year playing in these conditions, traveling around India as well. So there's nothing new for them. So they're naturally acclimatized to playing these long tournaments in India. Um, I think that's a huge advantage. Uh, And I think the balance of the side is there, especially with Maxwell bowling as well as he is right now. Um, the issue is really the middle order of the batting. Um, look, after Steve Smith, like I said, Yasmanis looks like uh, the best he's ever batted in ODI cricket. Uh, but Alex Carey's form, yes, he got that 99 in South Africa, but he's just not looked the force that he'd be used to seeing him being at in 50-over cricket. Uh, and Marcus Stoinis and Cameron Green both have really blown hot and cold with the bat. Uh, I think that is the biggest question mark for me. Otherwise, David Warner looks to have regained his power hitting. Mm. Uh, Steve Smith's batting really well. But I think it's the middle order that concerns me. Hey, Barat, do you think we're lucky that the tournament is over in India because um, there's always been the what if and the unknown in regards to the 50-over game? We had a, a men's T20 mm. World Cup in Australia and New Zealand only a couple of months ago to end 2022. Um, if it was in any other country, potentially the crowds would have been affected. But we're almost thankful that it's in India, knowing that it's going to be a sellout. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, this evening, uh, I just wandered over to the MHA Dambaram Stadium in Chennai. India, The Indian team was having a uh, behind-closed-doors practice session. Like, the media was shut out. Uh, but then there were, like, uh, close to 50, 70 just fans, just random people on the street who had found this vantage point to just kind of can catch a glimpse of uh, some of the Indian cricketers. So obviously I joined them. That's what you do. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it is a next level when you talk about the interest for cricket. And, uh, you know, whether the 50-over cricket format or 50-over format is going to survive for too long after this or whether we will get another 50-over World Cup remains to be seen. But what we do know is for the next 50-odd days, Every game will have big crowds, regardless of whether India is involved. Or obviously, when India is involved, everything will be seven times the price of when India isn't involved. But it just I just had dinner with some friends, non-cricket journalism friends, and uh, they are like, you know, they have tickets for the Pakistan-South Africa game. Some of them have tickets for the Netherlands game. So uh, there will be a lot of people watching this tournament. And you're right. I mean, if this is the the swan song of 50-over cricket. Uh, what better place than India to be uh, the host of the last ever World Cup if it, is, uh, it does come to that. Mm. Okay, quickly, uh, Bharat, who do you think wins the tournament? Who's in great form going into it? Oh, very good question. I mean, India has suddenly become favourites. Two weeks ago, if you had asked me this question, 
um, there were a lot of questions about India and uh, you know the, the makeup of their side. Uh, but they've really finished strong in the lead up to this World Cup, and uh, I can't see too many holes in their setup right now. Uh, England sort of are the same, but they haven't played together for a while in 50-over cricket. Uh, but um, Australia will go and win the World Cup. So, there you go. That's the answer everybody wants to listen to. Just like, I just don't know. There's something about this Australian team that nobody, not, not too many people are giving them a chance. But they have so many match winners. If, I mean, you'd expect them to make the semi-final. But if they get to the semi-final, I just feel there are enough uh, game-breakers in their side to do what they did in 2021 and win that T20 World Cup they, like they did. I think they can repeat it when not many people are giving them a chance to do so. Barat Sanderson, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it and enjoy. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, and it's very late in the night in India, but late to the night if you were in Australia. In India, we're just warming up. I think it's not even dinner time. It's just 12.30. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate it, mate. Thank you for your time, Barrett Sun Racing. You can listen to him always on SEN. Um, mate, it's going to be a big tournament, Bixen. As we said on the phone to him, like the, the cricket just comes and goes, the World Cups. There's so many of them, but mm. hopefully this injects a bit of life back into the 50-over format. Well, well it's one of the, the few times you really take this seriously because you know that all the, the nations are there. It's uh, It means a lot to everyone, and it's one of the things that carries a little bit of weight. So, um, yes, I think... As we get closer to the quarters and the semifinals and all those types of games, we'll start to get right behind the Aussies. It is SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Good morning to you. It is three minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Um, our text line is 0427 154 166. Because we have plenty of text messages coming through this morning. Tom Morris is going to join us at 7.30. Um, and also we have our Brecky Brownlow today, some of our best and um, not-so-best moments of the week, thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre on Brighton Road. And if you haven't heard, we are smack-bang at the start of the NFL season. Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. That is an amazing prize. I was having a look yesterday at the controversy around around um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. You're all across this, aren't you? Yeah. <clears throat> She's, everything's increased. Like the merchandise sales, Everything sales. has increased, but the issues that a lot of the NFL fans are having is that the broadcaster is cutting to Taylor Swift oh. too often now as opposed to the actual NFL. Got a touch of the uh, Peter Dacoses about it. Everything like that. <laughs> exactly. Did we see Peter Dacos more on the broadcast over the weekend than Eddie Maguire? Normally, Eddie Maguire was the go-to guy, but it was <laughs> Peter Dacos over the weekend. Uh, before we head to Elephant in the Room, and uh, we love doing this Elephant in the Room. It's a, a little bit of fun, but it's, ser- it's a serious one today, thanks to Panasonic Air Conditioning. Come home to your perfect environment. Do you want to read out a couple of texts you got there? Yeah, this one is from Travis, who says, hey, keep going, Walsh. You're only an hour and a half to go. The, cr- the croaky voice is weirdly arousing. Trev, wow. Hoping Vix is looking after you. I'm looking after him, Trev. Don't worry about that. Uh, This is another one from Louis. He says, if Portland's sweet, uh, Brandon Zirk Thatcher and Asava Radigalia, then in your opinions, would Port be all in for a big finals push in 2024? Well, I think if you win 17 games in the year you've just, or the season you've just had, and you add to that without losing a whole lot, I just feel like, are any of those in isolation going to make you, you know, going to give you two or three more wins? Probably not. But what they do is they actually give you depth. So if something happens like late in the year 
where McKenzie gets injured or Dixon's not quite right or Lysette is sore. You don't have to, you don't feel like you are forced to play them and you can, you've got depth and you've got competition for spots. So I think that would suggest that they could very much challenge and, and be in the top four again, which is where you need to be. So if I kind of frees up Alir Alir as well with Radical Air if he comes in. And that I think has always been the way. I've freed up Alir Alir to play that um, Darcy Moore kind of role, or you see that um, Harris Andrews, who won the Brisbane Best and Fairest overnight, he's kind of changed the way he mm. plays, and they just they just sit back. Jake Lever's another example that um, they just sit freely in the back line, which is incredible. Yeah, exactly right. And um, one final one uh, talks about. Let's say we get Clayton Oliver. This is a Crows fan. Boys, 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 he starts with. I can't believe, I can't even say we have a chance. Then over the next couple of years or so, we get Petty and Haywood with a couple of father-sons to come in Welsh and Michael Aney, number two. So it is a bright future for Adelaide. I'm not sure whether Harrison Petty ends up landing here. Um, in, he's contracted for two more years at the Melbourne Football Club, so we'll. Well, that doesn't matter. Clayton Oliver's contracted for the next seven, is he? Mm. <laughs> Let's actually talk about him right now. Oh, the, the button didn't work. Hold on. Let's talk about him right now. <laughs> I'm just the elephant in the room. It's a stampede. Mark Bickley, elephant in the room is a thing we do where we kind of ask the questions that aren't being asked at the moment. And it's always good to get your take on these. Mm-hmm. Um, Panasonic air conditioning, come home to your perfect environment. So where do you want to start with this? Because we haven't really had a chat about Clayton Oliver since yesterday, and I think we should dedicate this half an hour to Clayton Oliver yep. and Adelaide mm. and your thoughts. So call us, one 736 If you have an opinion on this, you call up, you get on the air. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what you say. We will chuck you straight on. Where do you want to start with this, Bix? Okay, I think the elephant in the room with this Clayton Oliver deal or you know what Adelaide are talking about and all other clubs who are thinking about throwing their hat in the ring is why is Melbourne after 18 months ago signing on Clayton Oliver to the end of 2030 so we're talking a seven-year contract extension 18 months later they're entertaining the thought of trading away a four-time best and fairest winner a premiership player who is 25 years of age. That, to me, is the elephant in the room. Why are they considering that? Now, we got a bit of a we got a bit of a sneak preview or an insight when Tom Morris spoke to us yesterday, and he and he raised some because I put that to him, and he raised some concerns about, I guess, some of the issues that maybe Melbourne were having. And there is absolute widespread frustration and concern. It must be said, in equal measure from teammates around Clayton Oliver. Um, they're worried for him. They're hoping, they're hoping that he can rediscover the professionalism and the hunger um, and the, uh, I guess, the standards that he displayed throughout the first few years of his career if he stays at the club next year. We've put a poll up on our Twitter, our X at the moment, too, at 1629 SENSA, um, asking whether Adelaide should do whatever it takes and offer whatever happens to get Clayton Oliver. So you can let us know if you're on social media today. So just the, the thing I took out of that, there's widespread concern from his teammates. He went on to say a little bit later around Max Gorn offered to have him come and live with him. Now, to me, that, that's a bit of a red flag because when, when a player's 
not doing his rehab right or, <laughs> or um, you know, he's not quite living up to the professional standards mm. and all that sort of stuff. You don't offer f- to come and move in with the captain. Like, so that, that to me speaks to something that's a little bit, a little bit deeper is what, what I'm sort of getting at. Now, I don't know what that might be, but it just, it just seems strange. And, and it sort of feeds into what everyone is saying. If you are prepared to go down the path with Clayton Oliver, it is going to be caveat emptor, which is buyer beware. Sorry, what was that? Caveat emptor. It's Latin, I think, for uh, when you purchase something. You think or you know? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I've heard it somewhere, somewhere say it. Because I think sometimes you say big words and it just assume that I'm going to nod with you and <laughs> yep. that you can just pull the wool over my eyes so I know. Caveat emptor. Mm. Buyer beware, I think it means. Why don't you just say buyer beware? Well, I just tried to sound smart. Is that okay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you need to be uh, doing your due diligence, which is... I know it's obvious, but it just it's a big investment for people to make in terms of seven years. The final year that re- reportedly is worth $1.3 million. Now, I know the, the salary cap is going to go up, but that's a huge investment. Not only that, is you're going to give up most likely two first-round draft picks. Arguably in the top 10 is what Melbourne are going to ask for. So that could be you know, this year's first round and next year or, you know, so you're giving up two other players who you would have had as well. So, and then there's, we haven't really touched on the injury front as well. We had that hamstring tendon injury, which he had so much trouble with. So there's a whole range of things to to take into consideration. It's not just, oh, Clayton Oliver's on the table. Let's, Let's just go grab him because he's won four best and fairest and he's a star. They just need to make sure all those other boxes are ticked first, which I'm sure every club will be going in with their eyes wide open, trying to make sure that they they tick off on all those other things. Then they back in their own culture, their own people, their medical staff. And I think that's where Adelaide have an advantage with Darren Burgess. He's he's dealt with Clayton before. They have a relationship. So that physical part of it, I think they'd be really confident. It's then the commitment and and is he really committed to being super professional, which you need to be if you're demanding $1 million a year when you're playing professional sport? Can I ask a really naive question here? Because this is my role in our um, radio and audio brotherhood relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm very naive with this kind of stuff. I'm the fan. You're the expert. Why would he want to come to Adelaide? Like he doesn't need the money, right? He's got guaranteed money over the next seven mm. years or whatever it is. So what is the advantage of him coming to play for the Adelaide Football Club if he doesn't want to? So he, if, oh. if he wanted to get out of Melbourne, if he didn't feel like, if this whole process of us talking about it um, made him start thinking about his future, mm. if he wants to leave Melbourne to get out, uh, of, the fish bowl. Get out of the fishbowl and the spotlight, He's coming to a smaller fishbowl here where he's a bigger fish. Mm. So the spotlight's going to be more intense here in Adelaide. He's not going to escape that. Yeah, I think part of it, if he's if he was unhappy with how his injury was rehabbed, if he thinks that uh, if I come to Adelaide and reunite with Darren Burgess, who he thinks is the person who is able to prepare him as best he can. He's the guy that kept Fernando Torres on the pitch for Liverpool. That's Darren Burgess's mm, thing. Yeah. That's it. And and so he says, well, if I reunite with Darren Burgess, Adelaide are on the up and up. They've got um, a real need for a player like myself. You know, they've got the potential to, you know, to, you know, turn over a new page, start a new chapter. 
get over here, reinvigorate myself, feel like I have to prove myself again. When you go to a new club, you've always got to win people over, build new relationships, you know, turn a new page, so to speak. That might that might be a reason. But like you said, if it is the spotlight, you know, I need to remove myself, that's more going to be Sydney or Geelong or one of those places where it's a little bit more laid back. And Geelong in particular do it better than most. Bryce Gibbs made the front page of the advertiser here when he cut his hair. That's how intense the Adelaide media is. Mm. That's literally he had a haircut. On the day that Ed Sheeran was playing in Adelaide, Bryce Gibbs cutting his hair made the front page of the newspaper. The The media scrutiny will be intense. He needs mm. to be prepared for that. We're getting like... Um, Lots of uh, text messages coming in suggesting off-field behaviour of Clayton Oliver, which nobody knows anything no. about. But still, you have to um, you have to do your due diligence. And that's it. And and once again, remember the old saying your mum or your dad said to you: if it seems too good to be true, often it is. And and I just I still keep coming back to why would a club that's a millimetre away from from uh, playing in a grand final you know lost by six points i think to to the eventual premier even though they had 20 more inside 50s and 10 more scoring shots clayton oliver's 25 and only 18 months ago you wanted him to commit for seven years because clearly you thought he is the future of our footy club and yet a very short space of time down the track they are entertaining or we assume they're entertaining the thought The, the word was that there was a board meeting last night where this discussion was had so I think today is going to be a big day in how this plays out. So keen to speak to Tom Morris shortly. We'll do that at 7.30. And, and see what he has to say. Uh, thank you, Bix. Uh, we've had a couple of texts coming in. We'll read them out in a moment. Actually, one came through, 0427-154-166. This is from Michael. It says, Jared, your nitpicking is very unbecoming. God help if someone pulled you up every time you said something askew. That's from Michael. Um, Good on you, Michael. No. What does askew mean? <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Out of place. The only reason I did that, Michael, is because Bix said caveat emptor, and it's the first time I've heard that. So is I'm it? being educated as well. I'm actually well, no, just asking no, you. No, no, that's fine. And also, to be fair, I um, I can get it wrong every now and then. No, but, I don't think you're getting it wrong. Well, no, I just no, no, need to like, know what remember, the words you say are because I don't get it. Remember last week I talked about the – I was meant to say the vagaries. Yeah. And I uh, – what did I say? I said – Vagrants. Vagrants or something, yeah. yeah. So one is a variation. The other one is a um, is a homeless person. So I, I have been known to get it wrong. So I'm not I, trying to nitpick, Michael. No, no, I'm just, I like the fact that you try and keep me honest because I can get ahead of myself. The, I'm not sometimes. trying to keep you honest. I just don't know what they mean. Okay. <laughs> I'm being genuine. Did, didn't you buy a house and it had caveat emptor on it? Nah, no, I don't okay. know. I don't know, mate. See, this is, mate, I live in Semaphore, mate. Well, this I hope is, Mark Rusciuto knows what caveat emptor means. Well, I still don't, okay? uh, We want to get your feedback on what do you think of potentially Clayton Oliver and the Adelaide Football Club. Please call us to 1-300-736-736. We're here thanks to Tire Power. Great race sale now on. We'll take your calls and texts next. Here at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 22 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Tom Morris joining us in a few moments' time. We're here thanks to Morn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. Uh, Mark Bickley, we are smack bang in the middle of our elephant in the room. I'm just the elephant in the room. 
Talking about Clayton Oliver this morning, it was discussed this time yesterday that uh, his name was being thrown around as someone that might be open to being moved from his club to another destination. And that destination potentially could be the Adelaide Crows. So on the text line, which is 0427154166, we had a text saying uh, from Cam, uh, Oliver isn't coming to Adelaide. He's using the Crows as a bargaining chip. Well, he's got a seven-year deal, so that it's locked away. So I'm not sure what he's bargaining for. Um, don't know about that one, Cam. But so we've talked about the the uh, the due diligence that's required because you don't want to bring a person into your organisation who maybe isn't fully committed to professional sport, which is some of the the question marks that have been raised about his professionalism, about his ability to rehab his injuries, and all those types of things. We've got to ask Tom Morris as well. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. That I. I think I heard yesterday Tom suggests that um, his foot injury was due to him doing a home-style tattoo on his own foot. And got an infection. Yes. But it was widely reported there was a blister. Mm. Hmm. So anyway, there's that part of it. But let's, let's, let's say that Adelaide Footy Club or Geelong or Sydney or whoever the, the suitors are, do their due diligence and they are happy with what they find. Let's talk about the footy stuff, because if he is fit, let's say he has a, a reset, gets himself sorted out, you know, with his commitment, really wants to play footy, recommits to doing all the things that are required of an AFL footballer, which clearly he's done for a long period of time. He's, he's won four best and fairest, for goodness sake, and played in a premiership, and he's 25 years of age. So he is the perfect demographic, exactly what Adelaide are looking for. They're looking for a big-bodied mid. They're looking for someone... Who is a he's turnkey ready to go. He's reliable, you know, in terms of he had been really super durable up until this year, but you know what you're gonna get when he comes out and plays. Even this year, he still averaged seven clearances, seven tackles, uh, you know, over twenty-five possessions a game. So he's he's still very, very consistent and capable of playing elite footy. And so that's what, if he brings that to Adelaide, he runs out of stoppage, he draws a crowd and dishes off to the outside runners. And you think about what Adelaide, uh, you know, need, they need that sort of burst style player. Oh, it is absolutely, you know, perfect. That style of player is the perfect player that Adelaide are looking for. What a foil for Jordan Dawson, who could be receiving a lot of those handballs and using his sort of laser-like left foot. That'd be, that'd be a great, Sort of marriage made in heaven if you were guaranteed of of getting the the four-time best and fairest sorry i'm just looking in the corner there's a couple of elephants in the room over there by the name of matt crouch going hey what about me shannon noll i've just been signed for a couple of years oh and now clayton oliver comes in and says hey hopefully you uh you like traveling around the sandful for uh the next couple of years that would be awkward mm. it would also it'd be interesting to see what that does to the the development of some of the younger mids mm. for Adelaide as well. You know, I, I really want to see Pedler develop into a, a midfielder as well. So he needs to play lots of minutes as well. You want to see Rochelle keep going through there with his quick feet and his ability to sort of run out of stoppage as well. So um, it'd be a great problem to have if you're a if you're an Adelaide Crows midfield coach, if you did get Oliver and say, how do we fit them all in? Because that's what you need. You need great depth. But yeah, right now, um, I think everyone's scrambling at Adelaide and thinking, let's get our ducks in a row and just in case 
there is a, a big chance we can get this man. What do you think? Let us know. Our text line 0427-154-166. You'll go in the running to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Well, Tom Morris is going to join us after 7.30. Yep. Really keen to find out whether he got any indication of what happened last night. There was a board meeting uh, for the Melbourne Football Club where this was discussed. So... I think we'll get an indication whether this was maybe just a shot over the bow. They they were happy for these rumours to swirl around, but now they come out and squash them and say, no, he's our man, we want him, he's our future, or whether we get something along the lines of, well, you know, we'll, we'll explore what's out there, mm. and if a beautiful deal comes along, we're happy to look at it. That, they're the sort of two options that, um, that could come out of last night's meeting. 26 minutes past seven. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Beaumont Tiles has given away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. At your shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12th. And you are in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Uh, still plenty more to come on the show this morning at 8 a.m. We are going to be joined by the Chief Executive Officer of Adelaide United, Nathan Cosmina. If you've got any questions about the Reds, their season starts in a couple of weeks' time. They've got a members forum tonight at Hindmarsh Stadium. Um, send them through and we'll ask them 0427 154 And next, Tom Morris to give us all the updates on trade radio. Kona Cranes and DMAG shipping, uh, shaping next Next generation material handling. Tom Morris joins us next. Your local tyre power. Get four for the price of three on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Ready, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 8. Good morning. We are cold in Studio Lumo today, powered by Lumo Energy SA, because it's only going to be 18 degrees today. Cloudy with showers. Uh, Mark Bickley, we have something very special to share with you before 8 o'clock. For the very first time, it's something new. It's called Captain's Call. And you don't know too much about yeah, it, but that's so, all I'm... So how, how's it going to work? So I'm guessing, am I meant to be the captain, am I? Have you I are the captain. been you're, appointed, have I? You're the skipper. You're the captain of the show. You're the captain of my life. You help guide me through my fumbling life. So um, I'll throw some things at you very soon. But right now it's time for our trade radio update. Kona Cranes and DMAG shaping next generation material handling. As we say good morning to Tom Morris... Jeepers, a lot happens in 24 hours. Now we're talking about who we're getting rid of at Adelaide to welcome Clayton Oliver to uh, South Australia. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, Walsh. Good morning, Vix. It's amazing how this how quickly things move. Oh, and there's boy. also a chance that in an hour or two that we could it could be all off. Mm. If the Melbourne board say that um, they're resolute in keeping Clayton Oliver. But, yeah, a lot happened yesterday. And... Uh, Adelaide was at the very forefront of that, so it's good that we're talking this morning. Yeah, hey, Tom, you mentioned the board uh, who had a meeting last night. We're led to believe, and I'm sure the the number one agenda item was Clayton Oliver. So that's what we're expecting, are we? Someone to come out and and maybe either squash this whole thing and say, no, he's our man, or they might say, look, we're still, if the right offer comes around, uh, maybe we'd consider it. Is that how you expect it to turn out? Yeah, I think so. It's really hard to read. Don't worry, I've been trying this morning to speak to people and um, 
No, no journo has been able to get it yet, so it's uh, it's pretty obvious that they've shut up shop, which is understandable given the sensitivities around it. But it would have been a long board meeting. I mean, there's also a chance here that even if Melbourne say, oh, we, you know, we, we actually do want to keep mm. him, he'll be at the club next year. That Clayton Oliver says actually <laughs> the yeah. damage has been done. Mm. I want I want to get out. So um, there's a lot of possibilities still on the table, and I can't wait to find out what has actually gone on behind closed doors. But it's fair to say from yesterday afternoon onwards, the entire club shut up shop and um, and they went to ground. And the conversation would have been pretty pretty serious behind the scenes. But I think that's probably putting it lightly. Mm. So, so, Tom, I'm just trying to get my head around this. Who's going to ultimately make this decision? Is it the coach, Simon Goodwin? Will it be... A board that says, hang on a minute, we signed off on this for, you know, seven years and over a million bucks a year. We're, we're not going to, you know, change tack right now. Is it uh, other people? Is it, is it the football department? Is it the general manager of footy that puts his nose in there as well? How many people and who are the, the key playmakers here? Uh, well, Alan Richardson is the head of football. Simon Goodwin is the coach. We know that. The list manager is Tim Lamb. The footy director on the board is Brad Green. who You would have played mm-hmm. against Vic. Um, and then... The president's Kate Roffey, the CEO is Gary Pert. I think whatever happens, it will be sold as a united yep. collective decision. But there's no doubt there's some differences of opinion behind the scenes. I mean, that's that's just natural in these sort of delicate topics. Um, I think if the football department stro- believes strongly enough that <clears throat> excuse me that Clayton Oliver should be traded or should at least be open to a trade for the right deal then it's going to take a very strong board to go against that because mm-hmm. the board, um, they they appoint the footy director. The footy director then has an oversight over over the, the footy department and they, they charge the footy department with making key decisions. I mean, very rarely do you see boards making football decisions, no matter how serious they are. They appoint the coach, they appoint the CEO, and then they, by and large, leave the footy club to operate mm. independently of them because... Of course, the footy department's the expert. So, uh, whatever whatever happens, it's going to be sold as a collective united front. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some um, differences of opinion behind the scenes. And I think it comes down to big, I think it comes down to um, sort of the balance between looking after Clayton Oliver and a welfare perspective, and actually saying, you know what, we're a business, we're an organisation, we need to do what's best for us, um, and that might be letting him go. So. That's always a bit of push and pull, and it's always a very difficult decision to make those calls. Uh, Tom, I didn't hear you across the day yesterday because I was replacing a lemon tree which was knocked down <laughs> in the horrific storm we had here in South Australia. But I've woken up to um, hearing... Can you just repeat uh, uh, something about Clayton Oliver and potentially a tattoo which resulted in a sore foot? Oh, yeah. Well, this is one of those ones that um, a number of people have told me as mm. fact. And I, uh, I put it to the club three days ago, and they didn't deny it. Um, but I haven't been able to confirm it either. So it's one of those things that you can probably only confirm down the track in hindsight. But mm. the suggestion is that Clayton Oliver attempted to tattoo his foot, and in that process, he um, he, he he got infected by a blister, and he ended up in hospital. So we know that he had an infected foot and he was in hospital, mm. and it was never really explored exactly why. Mm. And even since I wrote that. Uh, when was that, two nights ago. No one's actually denied that. In fact, a lot of people come forward and said, no, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, I mean, of all the issues, that's probably um, one of the lesser ones, given that Clay- Clayton Oliver 
um, is potentially up for trade and could be moving clubs, but it sort of speaks to the instability of his season and the... Um, uh, yeah, the difficulties he's had this year, that's for sure. The other one I wanted to quickly ask you about, we, we've spoken about Port Adelaide, which is fantastic, but the big news for Aaron Norton at the Western Bulldogs, where he's contracted right up until the conclusion of the 2032 Olympic Games in Brisbane, which is when you think about it, it's, it's quite funny to look at it that way. But, I mean, he's he's got the comfort of a, a huge eight-year contract extension, but do, do you think something like that is something we're going to see a lot more of? It, it continues on the path that... That Nick Blakey kind of set too. Yeah, well, Nick Blakey contracted to the end of 2031, and Aaron Norton, the Western Bulldogs, went, okay, we'll just, uh, we'll better that. We'll contract him to the end of 2032, which mm. just seems so far away. He'll be well into his 30s by then. And yeah, he's a very good player and potentially a star, but he's not Buddy Franklin, so it's a huge deal. But yeah, I, did, I do think it is one of those things we'll see more of because it's an arms race in many ways. Clubs are offering these long term deals to try to better the other clubs. And I'm told the offers from West Coast and Sydney were astronomical, potentially even more astronomical than what he has signed at the Western Bulldogs. Um, and we've seen many long-term deals penned recently. And, you know, speaking of a long-term deal, Clayton Oliver is only about to start his seven-year contract mm. at Melbourne. And, and that's about $7 million across those seven years. So uh, I think it is something we're going to see more of. Um, Kane Corns doesn't like it, but it's just a lay of the land. Just one quick one. What about Alistair Lynch? He was the he was the forerunner to all of this. He yeah. signed a ten year deal uh, to head up to Brisbane. Yeah. And funnily enough, um, it was reported it was a two million dollar deal at the time, which seemed so astronomical. But in the last year of his contract, you know, it averages out to two hundred grand a year. He, he was getting underpaid. That's the, the way it turned out. Yeah, weird how these contracts are back ended and front ended to the point where. Um, when the player deserves to make the most money, they're often making the least money. Mm. I mean, a good example of that is Nick Haynes at GWS, who's on a seven-figure sum next year, who back-ended deal, and they push money back to try to squeeze everything in the salary cap. And he's the sub at GWS, and you know, mm. sort of a fringe player now. And when he was playing his best footy, he probably wasn't making the money that he deserved. So that's how list managers sort of construct the salary cap, and it's quite a complex science, and, uh, and I guess that some clubs do it better than others. Tom, we know how busy you are, mate. And again, thank you so much for this week. We're looking forward to catching up next week. But uh, what you've provided for our South Australian audience has been brilliant. So we appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, Walshie. Thanks, Vic. Kona Cranes and DMAG shaping next generation material handling our trade radio update. It's been a, a brilliant start. Bix, this, this Norton deal and the Blakey deal, do you think, though, it's a, another indication of players having control over their destinies? Because no matter how long the deal is for Aaron Norton, if he gets four years into it and wants to change clubs, then that will be facilitated by the Western Bulldogs because he wants to leave. If you look at Clayton Oliver now, in the NBA, there's a player by the name of James Harden who has bounced around clubs. Yep. He started at Oklahoma. He played at Houston, he's played at Brooklyn, he's at Philadelphia now. He refused to go to their media day the other day because he has demanded to be traded to the Clippers. Mm. So the, at this point, the organisation won't trade him, so he didn't turn up to media day. There will be a point that the organisation goes, this is impacting what happens for the culture of our organisation. We've got to trade him. The players in the AFL now are heading towards that part of going, yeah, great, I've got long-term security and I can leave whenever I want. Yeah, there's a bit of that. I, I'm, I'm not too cynical just yet and, and there's, there's a couple of things in this. So, so the Western Bulldogs, one, they, they must be crystal clear on the character of Aaron Norton and and they are he's their franchise player now. Like Marcus Pontempelli will come to an end and then 
Aaron Norton will take over as their franchise player. So that's about, for the fans, it's about, you know, being able to build something around someone. And that's pretty much what Aaron Norton has the potential to become. The other thing that's important is it's also an important factor for all the other players trying to get them to commit. Mm. So they've got, coming out of contract, they've got Bailey Smith next year. They've got Jamara Hagen is another one. What they want to be able to say to these guys is, hey, this guy here is locked in. He's locked and loaded. He's the centrepiece. You're the next part of the jigsaw. Why don't you lock in for five years? Yeah. And we can get you locked in for another four or five years. So then you've got you've got that core group of eight or ten guys, which is a little bit what GWS have done with Kelly and, um, you know, Whitfield and, and some of those guys. Uh, who else is in there? You know, Green and Green. They've, they've got their core group of star players locked away. And that gives you some sense of control over what it looks like going forward. And if they can all commit to each other that we're going to hang around and we're going to do the right thing and try and win a flag together, that, that gives you great certainty and a bit of consistency for your club. Not too far away, we have our Brecky Brownlow. There's been a couple of errors today. I've made plenty. Connor Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre will take care of that. Also, Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United will join us. But next, for the very first time, Mark Bickley, get excited for this. It's Captain's Call. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute time safety check at your local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Seven minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. 18 degrees today, cloudy and showers. A couple of texts coming in, Mark Bickley. 0427 uh, Oliver Dawson, crouch in the guts, Laird adding depth down back. All Australian, I think this could work. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting excited about Clayton Oliver <laughs> coming to Adelaide. Um, from Chris, morning guys, if Port get Radigalia, he'll get to 200 games in All Australian like Alir. This will expose Geelong to how they mismanaged him. So what is it Geelong really want for him? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not sure about mismanaging. He just... Um He's always been there next in line, like, and I'm not sure he's ever really totally fulfilled his potential. He's, you know, key forward-wise, he's always been behind Tom Hawkins and, mm. um, you know, now Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Cameron arrived and that pushed him back in the order, which sort of sent him down the other end. And he's still learning the craft and De Koning's down there. They've got other players, you know, in the tall defenders that they uh, preferred over him. So I think it's this is potentially a win-win for, for both clubs. As long as Geelong feel like they get reasonably compensated for it, he comes to Port Adelaide and gets an opportunity to solidify himself. And it'll go two ways. He'll either turn into what Elias done and become mm. a really good player and get team security, or he'll bounce up and down like he did at Geelong, which is probably what most people say, well, that that's his level. He'll find his own level. Yevgeny says, do you think Wines and Dersma may come into the conversation when Porter trying to secure their three trades? I, I think there's, it was reported yesterday that a lot of clubs are asking about Xavier Dersma, which, you know, we talked about at the end of the season. He's, he's someone who's got um, appeal mm. to other clubs. He's, he's a very good player. Looks like a super young bloke who's super committed to being the best player he can be. So he's going to, He's going to create interest. And he, I think a lot of clubs would look at Port and say, you know what, he's maybe surplus to needs. If they want to play Miles Bergman on the wing, if they want to continue with Josh Sin, who's got really good speed and, and a left foot kick, then maybe they might consider giving or, or trading Dersma. Okay, you can get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. 
Bixie, you ready for this? Ready to go. It's the very first time we have done Captain's Call. Captain Crow, you are here. <laughs> Gonna say, it sounded like I'm a pirate somewhere. Arr! <laughs> it's a sea shanty called Captain Crow. There you go. It's not bad, hey? Yeah, I like it. It's good. Might Upbeat. catch on. So, with Captain's Call, you yes. have to pick one of these things, okay? So, it's a mm. would you rather. Yeah. You don't have to justify it. No. So, you just need to get off the fence because you're a known fence sitter. I am. I'm considered, that's all. So I, I you like are very to, considered. I like to consider both options before I make a decision when I jump in. All right. Here we go. Mark Bickley. Okay. Captain's Call. Losing a grand final by a point or losing a grand final by 40 points? Um, I think I'd still want to lose by a point. It'd hurt more, but at least you knew you were in it. You were right to the end. You were you were fighting it out. I'd hate to think what it would be like 15 minutes into the last quarter knowing mm. that you're not going to win. The Melbourne Football Club, keep Clayton Oliver... Or use the draft picks to get Harley Reid? Yeah, this is. I think this is a live one. This is what they would be tossing up at the moment. Is number one on the table. Can we get a suite of picks for Clayton Oliver that we are then confident that we can trade to West Coast that could then deliver us Harley Reid? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would strongly consider that because it would free up cap space. I'm saying, yeah, they would look at the... The Harley Reid model, I think. Burrito or taco? <laughs> Burrito. Burrito for me. Tacos are overrated, particularly the hard shell. Too hard to eat. Ollie Wines or Connor Rosie as Port's next captain? Oh, God, this is tough, isn't it? Um, That's why you're the captain. You've yeah, got to make yeah. the call. If Now, this is a this is a this is an if because I'm saying this... May happen, but if Ollie Wines is at the footy club next year, he is the captain of the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Connor Rose is twenty three. There's no rush. He'll he'll be if he's the leader. Butters or Rosie, develop your craft, and both of you guys will go on to lead your footy club. But right now, I think Ollie Wines, with his experience, is the man. Day Grand Final, Twilight Grand Final, Night Grand Final. Twilight for me. That no no question in my mind there. Okay. I've swung around. I'm over. Lego or Lego? Um, I called it Lego my whole life growing mm-hmm. up, but I'm probably a Lego man now. Clayton Oliver or Riley Thilthorpe? Oh, so you're talking straight swap? Mm. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm sticking with uh, Riley Thilthorpe. I, I think you owe it. If you when you pick up someone young and they're a developing tool, I think we. This is my personal opinion in terms of as a supporter. I want to I want to go on the journey with Riley Philthorpe, and I want him to be successful. And I think he's a player we desperately need. So I wouldn't be trading him. There's one spot left in the top eight in 2024, Adelaide or the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, it's Adelaide. Last one. Okay. Tomato sauce. Fridge or cupboard? Simple one there. That's fridge every day of the week. What about you? 
Well, I've always wondered why it's on the shelf and not in the fridge when you purchase it. Hasn't been opened, sealed. The other thing is about supermarkets, which frustrate me, is why, and you would, I think, relate to this, the freezer section should be closest to the checkout. It should be the last thing you get, the ice cream, Mm. because you don't want to be carting it around in your trolley and it defrosting while in your trolley. Make it the last thing you get, then you get out and it keeps frozen for a bit longer. Well, I think you'll find most of the, it depends on how recent the supermarket is, but most mm. of the freezers now got doors on them and they're back loaded into the warehouse. So you can Not load- my local, mate. Not at Port Adelaide, mate. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, we anyway. still pay cash at Port Adelaide. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the debut. Do you like it? I love it. It's good fun. It's hard. Hard to choose. What are your thoughts on Captain's Call? Should we keep doing it? You can make a Captain's Call. 0427-154-166. Nathan Cosmina is going to join us next from Adelaide United. And, of course, our Bricky Brownlow. Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Cloudy showers in the top of 18 degrees today. Our Bricky Brownlow not too far away thanks to con and lena at the brighton trophy center i mentioned this earlier mark bickley uh on monday i was lucky enough to be at the uh, state basketball center which was fantastic it's at wayville uh mm-hmm. FIBA world-class facility and the big ribbon that was cut by minister katrine hilliard was actually made by con and lena at the brighton trophy center they made the big ribbon. They made the big ribbon. How good they are everywhere at the moment. So you never know. They may be working on the 23-24 A-League men's trophy that hopefully is held aloft by Adelaide United at the end of the season because it would look, look spectacular. Um, speaking of which, we are delighted to be joined by the CEO of the Reds, Nathan Cosmina, in preparation for their members forum tonight. Cosy, good morning to you. It's going to be an interesting one tonight. I'm sure a lot of questions from a lot of members. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, we've um, our annual members forum. Uh, yeah, we've sort of pride ourselves on being open and honest and transparent in, in our communications. And um, good opportunity tonight to speak about the off season and a lot of what's happened, but also a lot of the positivity around um, the season, which which kicks off in a, in a couple of weeks. We'll get to some of those questions, and we'll touch on Craig Goodwin in a moment. But it's a, a celebration year for the club, the the twentieth anniversary, which I'm sure heading into the season, there's going to be a lot of celebrations, welcoming back past players to the club, leading into the first home game at Cooper Stadium and it's certainly worth celebrating a fantastic history of the Reds too. Yeah, 20 years. Um, we've got uh, a video uh, short documentary coming out on the 17th of October which is 20 years to the date from our, our first ever game and that Cooper's against Brisbane Strikers for those that, uh, that were there and remember it was a, a pretty momentous occasion for football in SA. So uh, commemorating that along with, with all the other achievements on, on both the men's and, and women's side of the club over the last 20 years, and then that kicks off from the 17th. Now, Nathan, uh, great opportunity coming into this season. We're sort of fresh off the back of the, that sort of warm glow of the Men's World Cup, the Women's World Cup. There's a chance now to really get people to embrace the game and continue to grow the sport here in South Australia. Yeah, it's been a real positive off-season for football. Like, we, we obviously had a good year on the men's side last mm. year. Um, not as well as we would have liked to have gone on the women's side, but uh, uh, positive signs, blooding a lot of youth through that program as well. And then the Women's World Cup has really been a shot in the arm for 
Well, football in general, we've, we've over doubled our, our Liberty Pass members through the women's program. We've nearly tripled our membership base. Um, gone from a nine to 11 game home season for the women. So, including three double headers at Cooper Stadium. So, we're really buoyant about everything that's ahead of us. Um, women's kicks off next weekend, the 15th, um, Sunday afternoon, 2.30 at Cooper Stadium. So, yeah, it's all, it's all come together. A long pre-season, as we know, the longest in, in world football, and we're eager and, and ready to get going in a couple of weeks' time. There's um, going to be questions asked tonight about the recruitment of players and, and lack thereof, but for someone that's um, been involved in the club for a very long time, I'm excited about seeing some of these young players get opportunities. I mean, you just have to look at the NPL Grand Final, which the Reds were successful in winning. Players like Padash Madana, Johnny Yull, and also Luka Jovanovic. We've got players who have had A-League experience that are going to take that next step, but also this is what the A-League's kind of designed to do, develop young players to build a successful foundation for their next generation of superstars. So how excited are you about the youth coming through? Yeah, probably the most excited I, I have been in, in my tenure here. We started planning for this year four months ago in terms of the pathway. For, we call them kids, we call them youth, but they're starting to mature now. I mean, most of them are 18 plus um, and have got sort of 10 to 20 A-League games under their belt. But we started planning for the, the squad in terms of the rotations and bringing players in uh, this time last year. And, and Carl is, is very adamant in his in his views that we won't bring you bringing someone in that's going to block a pathway for one of these kids that will be a fully fledged A League player this season. In in our opinion, the names you mentioned, we all see as playing a big part in our success this year. And, and the, the way the squads. Um, been brought together we, we effectively sort of work on two to three year cycles and, and this year is, is the back end of last year's season where we think the squad with, with some of the growth that we'll get in in the likes of Jovanovic, Yael, Madonna, Bernardo didn't play a minute last year a lot of people forget about how good he was the year the year prior we think with that growth uh, with the younger players not to mention you know bringing in Ryan Tunnicliffe adds a bit of depth to our midfield which we've been we've been lacking we think that um, we're on track for a really good year. Um I'm not an aficionado like uh, my my co-host is in Jared Walsh, but just for the layman like myself who watched the, the, the footy last year and just marvelled at Craig Goodwin and how dominant he was for, for most of the season, how how are you going to replace him? What is the – is it just everyone has to lift up or, or have you got a couple of people earmarked to be able to fill his role? What's it going to look like? Yeah, well, there's, there's no like for like. If there, if there, you know, we'll be upfront and honest. If yeah. there was a like for like, um, you know, everyone would be signing Craig Goodwin. He's he's a one in a generation player for us. Um, in in most circumstances, a player of Craig Goodwin's caliber wouldn't be at Adelaide United. He'd still be playing overseas. He would have never come back. It was was um, through circumstance last time around that he wanted to come back to Adelaide, and it's through a different circumstance this time that it's it the best move for him to. To, to go back overseas. But for us, and this is what Carl has sort of addressed in the playing group, I've spoken to Ryan Kiddo about it on numerous occasions, is that I think a lot of players not got comfortable, but we were fortunate that we had Craig to rely on week in, week out, and it probably overshadowed um, some of the quality we've got elsewhere on the park and also also stifled opportunities for some players because Craig was a walk-up start every day of the week. At left wing for, for young players like Bernardo and Musa Toure, the chances of them getting any reasonable minutes um, as left-sided players were extremely limited. So um, we think we've still got the quality in that front third to deliver goals. Um, we've seen that with the kids that come through that, that have 
goal scorers. We're the only A-League club in, in the history of the NPL to win the competition nationally. Um, we've got a, a lot of firepower up front and we think that we can replace it through um, a collective effort. But then also we're still looking for players. So we're in the market. Uh, I don't think it likely we'll sign someone now before the season, but, but we, we have um, the foreign spot available and, and we'll be carefully considering our options over the, the coming months um, should we need to top up the squad. Looking forward to seeing how Ryan Kiddo goes as the captain. Nathan, before we let you go, we know that the uh, FIFA staff took control of Adelaide United headquarters and basically you guys were kicked out during the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. Did you have to make sure that your signed uh, Pele top was still there and is it still there in the office? (laughs) I should actually check. It's in storage somewhere. I took, you know, it was sitting in a in a in my house for, for twenty years, and I thought it's about time I put it on display somewhere, and I'd, I'd take it to work. And next thing we get vacated. So uh, no, no, they uh, they did a few things to the office. Thankfully, they didn't. They didn't steal any merchandise or memorabilia, so it's safe and sound. Well, that is a very good thing. Speaking of merchandise, the uh, Away kit was released earlier this week, um, and it looks absolutely fantastic. So you can go and buy your memberships to Adelaide United now, get your merchandise. The members are looking forward to to tonight. And it's going to be great to have the women playing at Cooper Stadium um, in a few weeks' time and the men kicking off very soon. We appreciate your time, and good luck tonight, Nathan. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. Nathan Cosmina there joining us from Adelaide United. And as I said earlier, Bix, it is going to be challenging tonight because the members are there. They are paid-up members and they should be asking these questions. And it's, I think he was pretty transparent with the reality. If you don't want to lose Craig Goodwin, like that's, and you can't replace him. He's irreplaceable, as Beyonce once said. Yeah. Um, I, I just give a big tick to the Adelaide United management for saying, well, here we go, we're here to ask these questions. And, and and there might be some awkward ones, but the best way to engage your members and your fans is to actually stand in front of them and, and give them yep. the, the facts. And that's what I'm sure they'll be able to do. A, a membership group that's well-informed, a, a management group that's transparent and tells you how it unfolded, I think, gives you uh, confidence in, you know, you were well-represented and, and these this is what happened. And, and you can't compete with the Saudi money, you know, and that's going to be uh, an ever-present sort of threat for all young players. And the story in Kunda is, was the same, wasn't it? There was, you know, bigger fish to fry for him. And, and that's part of the ecosystem that we are in, in terms of developing young players and then sort of setting them up to go and have success. And hopefully, like Craig Goodwin did, at some stage you get the opportunity to have them return and come back and represent Adelaide United again. It is 12 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. 18 degrees today, our Brecky Brownlow after this. A tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 17 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Our text line is 0427 Uh, Before we nominate our final suggestion for the good stuff, you can get on the road faster, 13-27-27. We have our Brecky Brownlow in a moment. Bix, our text of the day today will receive a Signet Boost power bank. Keeps your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. I like this text because we just did Captain's Call, which is essentially a would-you-rather, and you have to pick one of the things that I suggested. And uh, I was discussing ice cream, saying that the freezer section of a supermarket should be as close to the checkout as possible. There's nothing worse than getting ice cream when you get home. It's a bit melting. You're a big ice cream I guy. I love my ice cream. Dracos is the winner of the Signet Boost Power Bank today. Dracos says, what tips me over the edge is the bread. It's fresh. 
and soft when you buy it on the shelf, but not when you get home. <laughs> it's also out of shape when you get home normally. <laughs> Got to pack it right. Yep. So, Dracos. Um, well, I'll, I'll go another one with go. the supermarkets. Is when you um, you go in there in shorts and a t-shirt. And it's about minus 10 degrees in the supermarket, particularly when you though. walk past the uh, where the eggs are and the yogurts and some of those. It's like, like an open refrigerator. Yep. It's freezing cold. There's lots of different types of food being released now. Yesterday, you know what I tried for the first time? Um, what? Cheese-flavoured brown rice chips. Cheese-flavoured brown rice chips. Wow, that's some... Um... It's got a lot of layers to it, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. They went too bad. I'll well, let you know in about 12 hours how they went, but yeah. Just on that, we stopped at a sort of, uh, you know, a big OTR at one of the towns and kids got a slushy of some description. And um, there was one that was like a spicy, like a like a savoury slushy. Yeah. So it's, it's going the other way as well. Not- kids are into weird stuff, mate. Like really weird stuff. So, yeah. What's the, going on with this generation? It's a weird generation. Just give me a strawberry or a chocolate, Look vanilla. haircuts now. Everyone, moustaches are back in. Um, it's time for our Brecky Brownlow thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. Con and his family went over to Melbourne over the weekend, not for the grand final. They went to watch a Lauren Hill concert. Lauren Hill was performing, I think, at Rod Laver Arena. So Con drove the family over. Mm-hmm. Bit of a bonding experience. Give me some Lauren Hill's big hits. Who? She was part of the Fugees. Oh, really? They did the remake of Ghetto Superstar. Mm-hmm. I remember the Fugees. Do you really? Hmm. I bet you don't. I uh, do. Okay. Uh, so one vote we always give to our mispronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. So did you want to start by throwing something at me? I'll go with you because you need to apologize to Elliot and Harry because of the way you pronounce the word Himmelberg. Jeremy McGovern... Harry Himmelberg and Jack McRae. <laughs> yep. You didn't okay. quite get that out. Just rolled your R on my Himmelberg. You need to apologise to former Richmond and maybe former Gold Coast son, yeah, yes. Mubby or Chol. This is how you say his name. Here's uh, Dwayne Russell. And delivers Mubby or Chol. Okay, That's so huge. Mubby or Chol. Mm-hmm. And this is what you've gone with. Mubby or Chol. Yeah, look, that's, that, that, that's the, the less common way to pronounce it. Definitely, because no one said it like that. It's very less common. Uh, should we throw a couple of votes towards Bo McCreary? Have a listen to his medal presentation. Number 31, Bo McCreary. Wait for the boo. That now, was when he looked at the camera doing a little bit of a phone salute. Yeah, and there was a there was a little boy there with his hand out, outstretched, wanting to shake hands with Bo, and clearly Bo didn't see it. He turned his back on the little boy and gave his celebration, and there was a collective groan from the um, the hundred thousand people, hundred thousand and twenty four. people. Mason Cox was also guilty there, I think. Um, Tom, Cameron, Tom Stewart did it last year. They made an advert yes. out of it. He uh, had to he. He, he reached out uh, on social media to find out who it was so he could go and make a special moment of it. So um, that might be something for Collingwood and Bo to look for. I think there's only one way that Bo can make it up to that kid. Give him his premiership medal. You think so? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, three votes. We had a chat yesterday to Trey Kell from the Adelaide 36ers and he was asked about the hairstyle of Trenton Flowers. 
You know what? You're putting it very nicely. Um, <laughs> I told him, I told him a million times he needs to cut it, but he's not. He's uh, very strong on his stance that he's not cutting it. So <laughs> that is a uh, that is a Trenton look. Whatever, uh, whatever makes him play good. I do not. If the hair makes him play good, then so be it. Um, but I'm an advocate for getting the haircut. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just jealous, Bix, because I don't have any hair, and I mm. see crazy hairstyles like that. And I'm like, I can never do that. Mm. I'm just jealous because Trey Kell sounds so laid back. He's almost asleep. Didn't <laughs> Maybe that was our interview technique. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put him to sleep. Uh, there's our three votes. And again, go and see Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. Walk in there. Have a look around. It looks absolutely sensational. We'll wrap up the show next. Safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, before we wrap up the show today, do you have a last minute nomination for the good stuff? Get on the road faster. 13 27 27 budget car and truck rentals. Uh, can I just say the, uh, the whole trade period is the good stuff? Because normally the first week is like a snore fest, but we've actually had some stuff going on. Free agency stuff concerning Tom Duday. Well, it hasn't even started yet. Well, for Adelaide fans, yeah, that's on. Uh, it's tomorrow, the free agency period. Yeah, so it's amazing. Bit of stuff that's relevant to Adelaide. Now we've had this whole discussion around Clayton Oliver, and that brings us to our uh, our Twitter poll. Should Adelaide do whatever it takes, offer whatever Melbourne wants to secure the services of Clayton Oliver? Yes, sell the farm. 72% of the people that responded said, sell the farm. No, he's not worth it was 17.8% and undecided was 10%. Uh, and that's a pretty solid number of people who voted this morning as well. So Crows fans want to push all the chips in. So what are you going to select on the Twitter poll? Undecided? Undecided, yes. Mm. Need a bit more info. I'm still doing my due diligence. Yes, you are. Caveat emptor. I was waiting for you to say that. (laughs) Um, Next week, we are going to... I reckon what we should do next week is try and check in with the Adelaide Football Club to see where they sit when it comes to potential trades and free agency. Um, Of course, it's another big week for the Adelaide 36ers as well. And plenty more. Thank you so much for getting involved on the show this whole week. Text calling social media Bix it's great to see you in the flesh again great to be here great to be home Studio Lumo powered by Lumo Energy SA a massive day on SEN and Trade Radio so keep it on we'll catch you on Tuesday morning you going to say goodbye goodbye (laughs) goodbye